The New Age Christianity Podcast is brought to you by Hello, New Age Christian family. This is Austin Fletcher, and you are listening to the New Age Christian Podcast. This is episode number 24, and we are doing another interview with a New Age Christian. Today, I've got Ron Hale in the studio with me, and uh, he's one of my favorite people to talk to about New Age Christianity and how it relates to millennials and how it relates to, I don't know, what you would call it, maybe real life. (laughs) I understand that a lot of these New Age Christian concepts spend a lot of time in spiritual and philosophical arenas, and Ron really has spent his time meditating on how to take these things and make them real in people's lives, make them real at the workplace, make them real in their pursuit of happiness. And I hope you enjoy this discussion. I always enjoy having Ron around. It kind of gets me out of my own head and my own box. And uh, he's a really good guy. I think you guys are going to enjoy him. And let's get started. All right, guys, here we are. Interview with a New Age Christian. We have Ron Hale with us in the studio today. Ron, say hi. Hello. (laughs) So... um, as you guys, if you've been listening to these episodes the last few weeks, um, you have already met uh, Ron's wife, Kaylee, mm-hmm. and uh, Kaylee is a spiritual daughter of mine, and we've become very close with her and her awesome husband, Ron, and um, Ron, to me, is in the New Age Christian discussion, someone that I'm watching very closely in the one of the challenges with the millennial generation. We talked about this. We, You and I went on the road. What was it? couple weeks ago and we spent like four hours on the road and just realizing that there is this big question around the millennial generation and what this age is bringing and I feel like Ron is one of those guys that's kind of cracked the code a little bit because he is one and I've wanted to interview him for a while and uh, bring his brain and his mindset to you guys and I think it'll be a good time so Ron thanks for being here Thank you for having me. I'm uh, looking forward to it. (laughs) Nice. Well, we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so Ron, do you self-identify as a new age Christian? Well, the correct answer is yes. Uh, <laughs> my answer would be in my own definition. Yes. Cause everybody defines it a little bit differently. And so yes, I identify as one, but I might have a different definition than other people do. Well, that is my first official question, which is what does being a new age Christian mean to you? Well, coming from my background of coming kind of out of the church Christian background is having an open mind. And actually, I thought about this uh, the other day, actually, Kaylee, and I had a conversation about it. And she said, well, how would you summarize it? And uh, straight to the point, it would be whatever you perceive or believe, as some people would say, is exactly what's going to manifest in your life. Mm-hmm. and is exactly who you are, what you are, and when you are. Okay. Can you unpack that a little bit? Um, yeah. So if you have a belief that you will be a millionaire, there's a couple things. You might down the road, because that's a when, but you also may never be, because if you just identify that you will be, 
you'll never actually achieve right. being a millionaire. Will and, is always in the future. Correct. You know, that's a great example of when. Right. How would be you are. So that would be the standpoint of how you feel energetically. Um, if you say you're going to be or I am, well, now we've just shifted the how to I'm currently operating in this around me to I will be operating around this. So it's kind of a when and a how. Like, sure. I'm not quite to the how yet, but I'll get there. I love, so as you're talking, I'm sitting here, I'm like, oh my gosh. So every time Ron and I get together, the we've taken personality tests. We've talked about <laughs> all, like in many, many ways by a lot of metrics, we are the exact opposite of each other. And yet, for me, the value of seeing how your brain works and how you unpack, like, we've already, I asked you what it means to be a New Age Christian and like, thousand feet deep instantly, which I love it. But it's in a way that I don't think I've ever gone on this podcast. So keep going. I just, you know, if you've got more to unpack, I'm not trying to stop you. I just, I love it. Well, I think that's just the standpoint of you, well, we talked about this actually at Nolan's uh, last night, which was awesome of the... You know, the what, the how, or the why. Mm -hmm. I'm the what, so let's get it accomplished. Let's get it done. And that's why I'm so, you know, let's go deep right away. And you're like, wait, 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 wait. (laughs) (laughs) But why would we go deep? Exactly. Yeah. That's, yeah, I'm going to have to do an episode on those three, like those three bullet points at some point. Absolutely. So one of the things that this podcast is meant to, these episodes about introduction to a new age Christian is meant to do is introduce this community to people, quote unquote, air quotes, just like them, right? We're all different. And it is, as you said, the definition of what New Age Christianity is, is unique to everybody. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's not just a reality of life, right? It is also something that we want to be known for, is allowing people to be fully them and finding the way to honor them for who they are without, uh, honor is not sameness, right? Like if someone says, well, I'm a Baptist, right? There's some versions of Baptists that say, well, you automatically must believe all the things I believe. And then other versions of Baptists that are more, you know, because life is like, well, I mean, do you believe this or do you believe that? And yet it's kind of like in a lot of those circles, they tolerate difference. Like, yeah. You know, we believe different things and I guess I'm supposed to love you. <laughs> but in New Age Christianity, what I think one of the earmarks is that there is difference for a reason. And it's not here just to be something to be tolerated. And I'm not going all cheesy like, it's supposed to be celebrated. But no, difference is supposed to actually be to our benefit. Mm-hmm. Right. So in the New Age Christian discussion, this is a question I don't think I've asked any of the other guests to this point. But if you could address the New Age Christian audience and you had the opportunity to, to kind of encourage them and who they're becoming in the world, what would you say? Well, I would let them know that it is different from what it has been in the past of, you know, we love you, but you're sinning. (laughs) We love you, but you should stop. Uh, We love you, but maybe you should act a little more like us. The great thing about this is, like you said, yes, we're different, but we're also achieving some goals from the same standpoint as well, which is cool. Uh, you mentioned how we think differently. Mm-hmm. So I like to achieve things very quickly, very fast, tackle it with a lot of speed, um, which is 
sometimes needed, mm-hmm. but there's also sometimes where you're going through a minefield and you don't want me to be the first one through there. <laughs> um, you want Austin to. So right. what I would say is back to kind of my definition of, you know, a new age Christian, your perception is reality. So the great thing is it's your perception. So if you don't like what you see, let's change it. Let's become something that you're comfortable with and that you want to be. And then let's go from there and you can always change it. Yeah. You know, there's not a whole lot of like Christianese kickback in this community. Not that I've experienced, but okay. Oh, a public service announcement. I got my first public insult for these (laughs) teachings. Right. I've been insulted for years and years and years by people that I know and love, but <laughs> I've never had strangers have access to what I teach like they do now. Okay. And on the YouTube channel, I can't, it was on episode number four. Somebody wrote, you know, episode number four was on who is Jesus. Okay. And their response was like new age Christian in quotes. And it said, is this a, just a drug addict who's pretending to be Christian? <laughs> right. Anyway. <laughs> I say that to say this, the community that, that, that identifies as New Age Christian, there's not going to be a whole lot of kickback like that, right? No. And there is just kind of an honor and there's a, you know, the Christianese is kind of just, you know, we all kind of roll our eyes a bit. Some of us are still mad when we hear it, but for the most part, we just kind of smile and, you know. <laughs> I think that's actually really funny and I think that's a good sign because the more publicity you have, good or bad, it's proven by Donald Trump. Uh, <laughs> You know, you're going to be more popular and more topical, either bad or good. It doesn't matter. You're still a topic. Yeah, for sure. Well, and that is, oh my gosh, so many rabbit trails with that. Looking at that YouTube comment, I brought it up to make a point though, (laughs) because you say, you know, uh, your reality is your perception or your perception Mm -hmm. is your reality. And if you don't like it, change it. Mm -hmm. Right. In the Christianese world, there's this kickback of like, well, you're supposed to be a servant and only... I mean, you shouldn't even really, like, who do you think you are? If the Lord's will, and we have all these caveats and all these, like, kickbacks of really embracing Mm -hmm. our power. And that kind of brings me to this, another question that I find really interesting. So, you know, you so matter-of-factly kind of laid out this, what you just said. Yet, have you always kind of viewed things that way or growing up in the Christian, you grew up in the church, yeah? Yeah, I grew up in the church. Um, That wasn't always the perception uh, that I had. It was you needed to look and act a certain way. Is kind of what I grew up in. I was Lutheran, so pretty strict. You know, the only thing that I would say that people would argue they're not strict on would be alcohol. And it was, you know, it was okay for the pastor to have a beer or two. Um, That was really the only freedom air quotes (laughs) that we had. And so it was just act more like Jesus act more like name your, you know, Bible character here, King David, whatever, but don't do, you know, those other things that they fell for and we can learn from it. So don't do those. So what was the most difficult part for you or was it difficult at all to kind of go from Christianity as you always knew it to new age Christian? Um, I can't, you know, I'm trying to think back now. I don't think it was ever a problem for me because I went from being kind of a victim mentality from the church Mm. to all of a sudden, well, like I just said, 
it's your perception and it equals your reality. So if you don't like it, you get to change it. You can change it. It's very empowering to me. I know some people that would scare to know that they're actually that powerful. But to me, it was very freeing and I accepted that right away when I heard that. And I can't remember where I heard that. If it was from The Secret or for our conversations, I'm not entirely sure. But that was one of the things that really stuck with me. I, th- I know the moment people realize, wait a minute, I can choose who I want to be. It's almost like a, you know, if your life is a movie and you went into a movie theater and you go into a movie theater and there's only one person watching that movie and it's you. Yeah. Right. So the person watching that movie is the one who has no clue they're watching a movie and they're just, and you can go right behind him and sit behind him and realize oh, wow, this person in front of me who is me is totally entranced by this movie and they have no clue they're watching a movie, but I'm watching myself watch a movie. (laughs) That works for you. What I would do (laughs) um, is I would be in the movie because I like to accomplish things. And so for me, it was all of a sudden for me being a support character, I'm supposed to be more like the hero, right? I'm supposed to uh, help them succeed their goals, which um, in the church world, we'd probably say it was Jesus, you know, (laughs) be more like Jesus. You got to support him and eventually you'll be just like him. And then you might get a spinoff series for your own movie. (laughs) Um, And now realizing, wait a minute. No, no. Jesus is actually my support. I'm the hero of the story or a villain if I so choose. Mm -hmm. Um, Or a victim. Yeah, or a victim, um, which it's really funny when you think that you're not the star of your own movie, that you automatically become a victim. Right. So. Wow. Yeah. For me, that kind of realization, like, wait a minute, I can choose my life and I can observe my life from a different angle than just kind of mindlessly living it. But then I can realize, oh my gosh, I've made all of these choices and all of these agreements to this point. And at any point, I can take that power back and start living and being on purpose. In the church, it's there's only one answer to that. You have to be like Jesus. You're like, well, what if I want to be like Abraham? The dude had crap tons of money and lots of influence. Or what if I want to be... You can't do that. He was a liar. Oh, okay. <laughs> what, what if I'm called to open up a candy shop? Like, I, you know... Yeah, I don't know what to tell you on that. I I mean, that was an accidental hip hop reference. uh, Oh, (laughs) I'll have to regulate that later. Oh, my gosh. So in that journey, though, um, you have any family uh, like how does your family feel about where you are now? (laughs) Oh, that's a uh, very interesting question. Um, My dad. is behind me 100%. He always has been. He has tried to coach me when I was younger to be the person I was supposed to be. Um, but now he has shifted really nicely into, hey, I'm your friend. I'm still your dad. If you need me, you call me. I will help you with anything, mm-hmm. which is really cool to see from my dad, especially because we've gotten really, really close. And I think he's done parenting, at least on my side, really, really well when myself and my brother, my only other sibling, are older. Um, When we were younger, not so much. And it's funny, my mom's a reverse. She was really good when we were younger. She was very patient, very understanding, there to help us, uh, helping us grow in the faith, being at church, you know, doing the right thing Uh, during that age or time period. I mean, that was as close as you could get in my mind, especially for her. 
And then um, I started to take the reins of that actually for my family, which is kind of unique. And then um, I kind of went too far. And I think everybody kind of knows what that point is, <laughs> where you say something and they look at you like, who, me? Wait, <laughs> you still believe, right? Do you pray? Do you go to church? Oh my gosh. So I reached that point with my mom. Um, it's actually funny. It's happened actually a few times where I'll say something because I became that spiritual lead and she asks these questions. So I give her answers and she goes, well, wait, 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 you still pray, right? <laughs> um, and it was actually the most recent was she was talking about us getting together um, for celebration of my birthday. And my uh, grandpa was just diagnosed with cancer. And my grandma actually just got done from surgery um, where they actually had to drain fluid off of her brain because she was in a car accident. Okay. And so we were praying and I prayed for healing and I kind of did it in the formal way um, right. that, you know, they're used to right. uh, because I do want to still honor where they're at. Yeah. And then we had a conversation over the phone and she said, hey, do you really mind that I put you on the spot? Like, do you like to pray? I'm like, mom, um, your definition of praying is not mine. I like relationship and I like conversation. I don't like law. I don't like the have to. And she's like, well, you still pray, right? I'm like, well. It's just kind of conversation, yeah, like relationship. Right. I'm like, like what we're doing right now, mom, over the phone, that's what I do. And she's like, yeah, but you still ask God, right? Uh, and I'm like, oh, mom, uh, well, do I ask you for things? And she's like, well, I guess. I said, okay, uh, that's kind of how God and I work. And I said, and I don't actually call him God, I call him Papa. And she went, what? <laughs> <laughs> so it is fun and it's challenging because certain family members just aren't along for that journey, but you have to give them that space and honor where they're at. You can't completely destroy them because you're not going to do them any favors. Did you have a season in that where it was kind of like, I'm going to fix everybody? Kind of, because I mean, I care about people. Right. It wasn't quite as extreme as I've seen some people, but yeah, I tried to, you know, lay giant breadcrumbs like follow me <laughs> um you know especially i think of my buddy nate um who i love to death he's my i call him my adopted brother not really adopted but um we're that close you know we're right family right. and uh i tried to bring him along and say hey why don't you try this why don't you do this hey let's do this you know i got the pushback and uh it's funny as you accept to be respectful to their perception and say okay when you're ready you come and ask me. It's so funny because the progress he's made since he started asking and you oh know he's gosh. gone at his pace, it's way easier. And I think, that, <laughs> yeah, funny, right? But um, I think that's just the realization that we are all individually gods and we create our own reality. Yes. And so if you are able to honor that in other people, it gets way easier to understand each other and the less times you'll offend people. I mean, one of the little nuggets in that is if you realized that the world is already saved and you didn't have to be the hero for anyone else's story but yourself mm -hmm. and that the whole point of God living in you is to enjoy a way of being that he's never enjoyed without you mm -hmm. and that, yeah, it is about if I'm having a miserable existence, then God in me is having a miserable existence why the heck am I trying to fix my friend's miserable existence or my mom's miserable existence? Like they need to be responsible for their own. And 
there's kind of a step one, step two, step three in my mind. Like step one is realizing like awareness in general of the dynamic. Step two is now I'm going to take care of my own business. Mm-hmm. And step three is I'm going to refuse to try to take care of your business. And so I know Nate and I know some of the stories about some of that process that he's starting to ask. And you know what it is, dude? It's like you can't substitute. There's no way that you can meet him in a way that the Holy Spirit can. Right? There's no way that you can hit those questions he's really asking. Because like, we think we know what people want to know, but they know what they really want to know. Right. Well, and, you know, not to beat our movie analogy to death, um, hopefully we can pick a different one. <laughs> but uh, for me, Nate, uh, when I became the hero, Nate became my sidekick. And right. I'm like, hey, I'm your Batman. Let's go. You know, and then realizing Robin wants to be his own character. You know, he's going to jump off and be Nightwing. And uh, just the progression Um, that happens. And you think about even like businesses or parties, you know, you have somebody who coordinates it and invites the people. And I know people know that the more people you invite, the bigger your business is, the more characters in your movie, it's really darn hard. I mean, you're pushing (laughs) all of these things forward and you got to know, okay, well, Susie can't sit next to Bobby during the party because they're going to fight. They got a bad divorce, you know, and all these little ancillary things. And it's actually freeing again, almost a second freeing of, you know, I'm responsible for me and they're responsible for them. It's the ultimate form of respect, right? Let's be honest, most love is conditional on a lot of ways in which we think we're caring for the people we love is really just trying to control their reactions to, you know, if I don't tell you the full truth, it's because I'm afraid you can't handle it, Mm -hmm. right? Or I'm afraid of your reaction that it will cause whatever between us. And really what it is, is it's not really just respecting that you can handle yourself Mm -hmm. and we want to control those around us. Mm-hmm. to kind of manage the relationships in ways that we're comfortable with. And and that so often takes the form of, well, I love you, so I'm not going to say this or I'm not going to answer it this way. And it's a conditional that I feel like you love me if and all that stuff. So, Well, and I, I mean, yeah, we could dive in, but just to get there really quickly, um, as I like <laughs> to do. So whenever you react to control somebody, it is your fear of control, whatever that fear might be. It might be loss. It might be love. It might be um, spite, hurt, any one of those. But anytime you try to control somebody, it's an inner fear or perception of fear, um, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, I did an episode. I don't know if it's aired yet. I know it's recorded um, that essentially outlines uh, fear and love. I think it actually come, came out this week, okay. this coming week. Um, and uh, no, it actually came out this morning. And so uh, the point being is the, you know, a lot of it, you know, perfect love casts out fear. Mm-hmm. And often we, well, what's the opposite of fear? Oh, courage. You know, what's the opposite of love? Hate. No. And if you really, really unpack it, if you're not in love, then you have to be in fear. And those are really the two core um, emotions that emit every other subset, right? Mm-hmm. Have you ever been asked in the last couple of years, like, where do you go to church or what do you believe or any of that? Oh, yeah. Um, What do you say? Well, I just tell them simply that I don't go to church. Um, And I'm actually very comfortable with that answer now. And uh, I actually wait for them, like we kind of talked about, to kind of make a reaction off that. If they ask more questions, I'll gladly answer those. But, 
it's not something that I want to force. And it's not something that honestly I want to give my time to if they're not receptive or they really don't want to know. So that's up to them how they answer that question. Mm. In going from Christian to this new age Christian, you know, the audience at this point should know that this entire project, right? New age Christianity.org and all that is an attempt to kind of create uh, an identity of sorts for people like us. When, you know, I remember for years people asking me, are you a Christian? And be like, uh, sure. <laughs> you know, in their mind, they immediately think, oh, he never goes to church. He doesn't really care about God. And he's like all these other Christians that don't actually, and they have no clue. I freaking, whether it's the Bible or prayer or miracles or anything, I operate on those things and in those things and with those things more than most. And yet I've not had anything just kind of simple to give, to hand them and say, yes, this is who I am is what I believe. Cause in the end, most people just want that kind of cookie cutter, you know, answer. And in your journey from one cookie cutter to the next, if you will, is there anything that you found like really difficult to reframe or anything that from the Christian, your Christian days or upbringing that was really difficult to let go of? Yeah, I think that the real hard part for me to let go of was because I do like to accomplish things. So it was that I don't have to, if I don't want to, which sounds very simple now. And I know exactly where I am. So it's very easy now, but you know, I was always trying to be the leader, always trying to be at the top because I wanted to be, I wanted to be the new frontier. I wanted, um, now, now knowing that, uh, I wanted more than the cookie cutter, but at the time it was, you know, you have to serve, you have to give water to the poor and the homeless and you got to give them shelter and you got to volunteer and you got to be on a sports team and you got to, you know, be nice to everybody. You have to, you have to, you have to, you have to. I mean, I think a lot of people can relate to that, whether you be your parents or the church right. or just that inner pull, you know, sometimes that you get of, man, I have to do this. Well, no, I choose to. And it just takes on a way different form. And for me, that was the hardest thing to let go. It was the hardest thing to reframe. And for a while, I did nothing for like a whole year. I didn't help anybody. I didn't care. I just wanted myself. Mm. And I kind of went off and did my own thing because I had the freedom to do so. And then I came back, and it, but it was just different. It was, I get to, I choose to. And it just reframed everything that I believed in, that simple shift of I have to, I can choose, I choose to, mm. I get to. That's so good. Is there anything you miss from the old systems? I miss getting really, really excited for worship sometimes uh, because it used to be, my jam for a while was, uh, you know, crank the Bethel man, crank the Bethel yeah. and Hillsong. Oh, uh, I never did the Hillsong really, like a footnote, but yeah, it was kind of like <laughs> Bethel's the version of Hillsong. Yeah, exactly. You're like Bethel's better Hillsong. Yeah. But, um, no, I used to like crank those tunes. I used to sing in the car. I used to, you know, actually intern at a church. I used to be face down. I used to jump around. I used to kick my shoes off and dance, man. Whoa. I had a lot of fun. And, uh, was, this, was that at a Lutheran? 
No, that was at Res Life. So that was okay. a non-denom. So that was going for my third cookie cutter at the time. Because I went from my uh, upbringing of Lutheran to a, another Lutheran church, which was uh, a little more open. Okay. Um, they weren't kind of true Lutherans. <laughs> <laughs> they were kind of the in-between lost kind of like people like us, just not quite as right. you know far in their beliefs. Journey. And then I went to Res Life, which was non-denom which was really advanced for my family. For me, it was like, wow, they got some really cool things. They got lights, they got music. Um, I've always, you know, I ran the sound booth. I mean, I mm. like doing stuff like that. So yeah, I would dance, do all kinds of fun stuff and interned. I was uh, helping out the high school age group at that time because I was in college and that was a lot of fun for me. And uh, it's just not the same. Like there was this false... I don't even know what it was. Just the, a chemical probably kicked in and, you know, you're like, this is how I'm supposed to feel. Um, oh, right. And so you just do it. And I had fun. But then, you know, I do kind of miss that. It's just changed a little bit of that. You know, I have no control. I've got all this energy that's coming from God. Um <laughs> It was. It was a kind of a cool experience. You know, sure. you just kind of let your let yourself go. And uh, knowing what I know now, I'm like, that's that was me. I might have looked like an idiot. I had fun, but it was me. You know. You know. It's, so I was a worship leader. You know that. And um, I've come to kind of frame a lot of that stuff through the eyes of the Old Testament concept or truth or reality that the size and scope of the miracles. For Israel, when they were leaving Egypt, they started really big and really miraculous. And I liken that to like when amazing things happen to get people saved, mm-hmm. right? And God comes in and frees you from slavery with 10 plagues that are just, whoa, right? And then you get to the wilderness and there's still miracles, but they're different. They're more steady. They're more daily, you know, the daily bread, the fire by night and the cloud by day and the water of the rock that followed them through the desert. Like, they're huge, they're big, mm-hmm. you know, they're closed in, wear out, but they're a little bit more steady. They're not quite as like, whoa. And then you get into the promised land and now it's, okay, guys, take care of yourselves. Right. I gave you houses you did not build, vineyards you did not plant, wells you did not dig. Handle your business. Right. The miracles in many, many ways stop. There's a few miracles around, you know, Jericho and stuff like that. But in many, many ways it becomes a, now it's on you that God, and even God tells David, I'm with my people. And when you think about worship, there's something inherently off about this idea that God has to show up. right? And that's usually what worship is. We're either going to go visit him or he's going to come visit us. But either way, he's not here when we showed up and we're not together when we showed up and and we're going to come here on a date. (laughs) Right, yeah. Like we have to set the stage. We've got to put the rose petals down all mm. the way to the bed and draw a bath. Uh, and then she'll let you know, right. you know, if where you need to go, you know, like you said, she can come to you or you can go to her. Yeah. And it's, well, and even when you were telling that story about, you know, now it's on you and it's funny uh, as a new age Christian right there, even the perception, what it used to be is, man, I'm on my own. What do I do? Like that sounds Whoa. scary. But now hearing you say that, I'm like, yeah, that's right. I love this. And it's funny, you know, I didn't even think about that going into this interview, but when you said that, it just struck a nerve of, yeah, I remember when I used to be like, ooh, yeah, just me. But then you're like, well, wait a minute. 
no, it is just me. And mm-hmm. I'm powerful enough to do that. And uh, once again, it's a perception changer and it's the opposite spectrum. And in our world, if you go, this is, we're not going to get political, but I'm going to get political. Now, in the idea of like collectivism and collectivism, whether it's political, religious, geographic, whatever, I believe true promised land spirituality is individual responsibility, self-control, right? That's one of the fruits of the spirit, if you didn't know that. Self-control, not God control, right? And individual freedom, liberty, and those realities of the individual scare people because they like collective control. They like God control mm-hmm. because it means they don't have to be responsible. Exactly. Yeah. Their fear of that responsibility. I'm just, sorry. I was laughing uh, because <laughs> as soon as you said, you know, self-control <laughs> and coming from the church, God will give you self-control. Well, how does that work? <laughs> it literally says self-control, <laughs> meaning me. How does God give me self-control? Right. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Well, they read the statements by Paul about being a servant, or they read Jesus saying, I only do what I see the Father doing, and they read it from the other side of the chasm that right. says, I'm always a servant. Mm-hmm. And they forget that it says, you know, have this mind that is also in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Equal. But being found in the form of God, humbled himself to become found in the form of a servant. So you see Paul and you see Jesus under this perception of what a lot of people interpret as God control, Mm -hmm. but they're doing it through the fruit of the spirit of self-control. Right. And that's an enigma to those who don't understand that they are I am. So what's your favorite part about this new way of life? What's your favorite thing about being a new age Christian? Well, my favorite part is kind of what we've been coming back to this whole time is the your perception is your reality. To me, it gives me power. It gives me freedom. It gives me hope. Um, you know, let's change it. You know, uh, a lot of people that I've talked my age, maybe a little bit younger, you know, they get so frustrated with the way things go at work. You know, uh, we were promised as a a generation Mm -hmm. of, hey, you do X, Y, Z, which the X, Y, Z is go to school for four years, come out of it, and you'll have at least $64,000 a year in your pocket. Um, And you'll be hireable right away, which, awesome, kudos to those who do, but a lot of people don't. And everything from the internet to, oh, I want to know who, you know, has the most home runs. You know, obviously, depending on who you talk to, it would be Barry Bonds or, you know, Hank Aaron, if you believe in the whole steroid thing. (laughs) But you can find that at an instant. You know, you could even go back to who won the first Daytona 500. And I can find that out now. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were promised the now. And uh, sometimes it just doesn't happen that way. And so a lot of my friends, like I said, or a lot of people my age or younger, they get so frustrated and they just give up and they go away. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. No, your perception is your reality. Let's change it. Let's do something about it. And they get so frustrated. They're like, no, this is what it's supposed to be. I said, if you really, really, truly believe that, then that's exactly what's going to manifest. So let's get to it. Let's put a speed track on this thing and let's go. Otherwise, 
once again, you're back to that conversation we had earlier where you said you believe you're a millionaire, only there's is I believe that if I go to school and get the right job and the right people hire me and in the right position, I will make whatever they were promised. Right. But they will. They don't have it. And mm. they don't know how to work towards it and achieve that. So your favorite part about this whole way of thinking is largely, I mean, it sounds like, not to boil it down, but the elements around the creative process and the individual and the law of attraction, stuff like that, would you say that's a... Yeah, I mean, if I boiled it down, yeah, it would be part of it, but I would go a little deeper and just say, changing your perspective and reality, just straight to that point. It's good. That's why I, I love, so I use a lot of words <laughs> to say very few things, I think, sometimes. <laughs> Ron uses fewer words to say a lot of things. So <laughs> I'm glad to have people of your personality and your thought process in my life because it challenges me to simplify these amazingly, potentially complex, deep things. And I know for my part, um, a lot of the clarity that I have on any of these ideas is because I have a relationship with you and with Kaylee and with, you know, Christopher Teasdale and Kat and my wife and all these other people that, um, that are in this community. And yet we're all, oh my gosh, you know, it's, it's been interesting to me, the dynamic of the more and more we learn about the identity of humanity is the more and more we learn about our identity as individuals. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, as far as introducing yourself to the new age Christian community, like, hi, my name is Ron. I'm a Virgo. I'm a whatever. You know, I don't know if you. <laughs> um, what would you, as you present yourself to this community, what would you like them to know about who you are? Um, well, I would just say that obviously I'm Ron, which sounds weird, but it actually means quite a bit to actually say I am Ron because I wasn't in love with that name for a while, but. I am Ron now, and I I love that part, which is cool. Um, Side note. But anyways, the one thing that I'd want people to know is kind of what we talked about of the perception. I love, and I genuinely love, to help people find those, to change those, to help them achieve their goals. My heart is simply, I mean, I love to be the leader, but um, I really just want everybody to succeed. I know that people will say that, but I genuinely mean that. That's been my whole career, actually, has been trying to set people up to succeed. I feel like I've accomplished that. I hope that I accomplish that every single day. And that's kind of my biggest gear right now that's turning is, you know, I want to help people succeed. And I also want them to redefine what they think is impossible. Hmm. I would say I have no clue. I mean, we've talked a lot. I don't know if I'm uh, painting a picture that (laughs) doesn't resonate or not. But if I could tell the audience, like in my mind, you, I think I mentioned it in the intro, like you've cracked the code of millennial uh, drive and responsibility. And and, I mean, it is a massive quote unquote problem in the Mm -hmm. modern business culture that, you know, you can just Google millennials in business and you're going to get all sorts of blogs on how the crap we don't get it they want this they're a bunch of spoiled blah 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 blah. and ron you are one but you're none of that right you're and yet some of the core values that millennials bring 
of uh, you still hold, but you found a way to do it well and find and respect the, the quote unquote older ways and everything like that. And so I'm just going to tell the audience, like, look, if you are a business owner or you're a manager of any sort, or if you're a millennial and you wish you could kind of rethink, so, you know, your place in the workplace, um, seriously, hit up the uh, Facebook group. Ron is a very active and present member of this community. And I'm telling you, the wisdom he has for, like I said, if you're a manager and you're in the older generations and you don't get millennials, talk to Ron. He can help you. And if you are a millennial and you don't get the older generation, talk to Ron. He can help you. That to me is, and we obviously, even this conversation is a lot around spiritual things. Mm -hmm. But I know you have a high value for the natural world and... Mm -hmm. You know, it's great to have nice philosophies and deep theological discussions, but if it doesn't sure. make its way into life, I don't know if you have anything to add to that. It's funny because once again, we're polar opposites. So, right. and in this whole conversation, actually, we've been done a pretty good job of not mentioning business. So I pride myself on that for this interview, <laughs> uh, maybe not for the next ones, but no, for, you know, understanding, um, you know, different ages and things in the physical realm, you're very in touch with the spiritual, which I'm trying to get myself. Um, no, I'm not trying. I am. I've given myself permission to go ahead and try to walk in the spiritual. But what we do is we lose a lot of my generation and the younger generation when we go too far into the spiritual because they go, well, wait a minute, what is all of this? You know, what's in my glass of water? What is in my bank account? Right now the physical mm -hmm. give me the factual evidence and it's funny because there is a spiritual realm that is attached to that and people are are thirsty for that as well mm -hmm. but i come from the realm of okay well let's look at the physical fruit and um you know i pride myself on being able to kind of put my finger on that pulse and then partnering with yourself and learning from you as far as to go into the spiritual realm, mm -hmm. I'm way better than I was uh, when I first started. And so um, it's being able to pair both of those because they do have to be in sync in order to see the results in which that are really going to speak to people moving forward that want to join this community, that are in this community, and from the outside looking in of, man, this community is bonkers. Like, uh, it looks like some guy just decided to do a podcast about this. <laughs> right. Are you, are you, uh, currently considering like become getting into life coaching or anything like that? So kind of, okay. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a little bit different in the past. I would not mind helping somebody do any type of life coaching, but I am working as you know, uh, which probably is why you brought that up that I'm looking to help lay an infrastructure for people to change and to be better, to be able to mold that perception, to achieve their goals and focusing on achieving your goals in the physical. Mm -hmm. So I'm writing that class, that criteria, um, kind of like a Tony Robbins type sure. deal. It's just going to be from a different standpoint. Um, I haven't completed that. I've got lots of ideas. You've helped with those as well. Mm -hmm. So it's just cementing those and then moving forward. So I would say, you know, probably in the next eight months or so, well, that time of recording, um, right. <laughs> right. I will probably have something, maybe even sooner, but 
as of right now. It's just putting it together and making sure that it fits. I kind of bring it up because we've talked about it in other words. I just am curious as far as, I mean, all of this is so alive and moving and the things that we feel led to do. You know, the New Age Christian community and you guys as listeners, for me, uh, there are there's so much gold, if you will, in this community. I mean, anybody who can come out of Christianity or New Age or just neither and kind of step into this new thought form. And I think I've officially, I love the idea of calling it a wisdom tradition, Mm -hmm. although there's very little tradition to it. It's a thought form or a wisdom tradition because it's not a religion. And the organization around it is not intended to build buildings and, and get professional New Age Christians. It's intended to just create a thought form that people can identify with. And in that, introducing people to you, to your wife, Kaylee, to people like Kat. I know, you know there are more and more uh, in my heart is to get this thing beyond me as fast as possible. And so I really, you know, hope you don't mind, but I'm inviting you guys to reach out to Ron on the different channels we have available. And as this grows, I have very little doubt in my mind, other than whatever the spirit would have in the future, that uh, Ron and Kaylee will both be pretty regular voices in this discussion, in the New Age Christian thought form. And um, I'm leaning on Ron for figuring out how to bring some of this stuff into just the everyday realities. Because I think these like big ethereal thoughts and massive, and at some point, you know, someone says, yeah, but how do I handle my manager right now? Right. Fair enough. And I think you're way better at those answers than I am by like miles. So, and that's the beauty of it. I mean, that's why reinvent the wheel. I'll just introduce people to you. (laughs) If that's what you want to do, I'm all for it. That's awesome. So I have one last question. I finish every New Age Christian interview with. And so what impact do you think New Age Christianity should or could have on the world? The impact that New Age Christianity could have is a sense of community, a sense of belonging, uh, genuine care for themselves and for others around them. Um, And when done right, it's also going to bring so much power to people's lives. Mm. And we are going to achieve things that they said were impossible. And we're going to do it at rapid speed once it takes off. And it already kind of has, but it's just going to get quicker. Mm-hmm. And that word impossible, I think, is going to go away. Beautiful. I love it. No more to add to that. Well, thank you guys so much, Ron. Thank you for being here, man. Thank you. It was. Uh, we've talked about doing this. I'm very happy to have had an opportunity. We were just hanging out for the weekend and... There's a blizzard outside right now, so it was super nice to just be able to hunker down and do some recording. All right, guys, thank you for listening to this episode. And if you would consider uh, donating, we would appreciate it just between you and the spirit. And uh, other than that, we will see you on the next episode. And thank you so much for your time. We love you.